0: But today we want to continue thinking about Easter, which is just a few weeks away. And we want to ask the question, who do you think you are? (laughs) That question, who do you think you are? Have you ever asked anyone, who do you think you are? Or has anyone ever asked you, who do you think you are? You know, more often than not, whenever this question is asked to us, it's about authority when this question is asked to us, they're asking, who's giving you the authority to say what you said or do what you've done? As we look in this passage today, what we'll find in this text, in the Gospel of Luke, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 8, we find there are some men who have the audacity that look at the Son of God and say, who do you think you are? Well, in this passage, what we... We find in chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. Now it happened. On one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple and he preached the gospel, that the chief priests and the scribes together with the elders confronted him and spoke to him saying, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? or who is he who gave you this authority? But he answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from man? And they reasoned among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people who stone us, all the people will stone us. For they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. But this is God's holy word. It's not my word or your word, but it is God's word. Pray with us. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. And we pray, God, that you would use your technology, that you would use it to get your word out throughout this day from various churches, from various speakers. That, God, we would still share your gospel, even at a time like this. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. When we look in this passage, one, one of the ver- first things that we find is that truth is revealed. The truth was revealed. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus was teaching and he was preaching. And he, the Bible actually says that he was teaching and preaching the gospel. But wait, I, I know what some of you are thinking. Now, if Jesus is still alive, therefore he hasn't died. He hasn't been crucified. He hasn't died for the forgiveness of our sins. He hasn't arose on the third day to give us a hope of a better tomorrow. How could he be preaching and teaching the gospel? Well, it would be safe for us to assume that Jesus was preaching and teaching the good news of the kingdom of God. The good news for them was that if they would repent from their sins, then they would receive the hope of an eternity spent in the kingdom of God. The people in the temple, the Bible teaches us that they were listening very attentively. We see that in the previous chapter in the last verse. That they were listening very attentively. They were soaking up every word that he had to say. And having the hope of God, the hope of an eternity in the kingdom of God, stirred their hearts. It stirred their hearts to to hang on every word. You know, we're living in a time when much is going on around us. And many are turning to many different places to find hope. But what we find, we're only discouraged. What I'm learning is that in the newspaper, uh, they only print enough to to share with us what they want us to know, but it's not enough for us to have hope. If we turn to the if we turn to the news on the internet, we find that, that we, we're having trouble distinguishing what's real and what's fake news. If we turn to the news on the television, we find that they have their own agendas. And they're only going to tell us what they want us to hear. But we, can, we don't have to worry about putting our hope in the newspapers, in the internet news, or in the news on television. But we can place our hope in the revealed truth. Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he lived a sinless life he died a sinner's death he was placed in a barred tomb and then on the third day as the women went to to complete the the, the preparing of his body the grave was empty but the hope that we have is that while the grave was empty no one come to steal his body. But God raised him from the grave. And he revealed himself to a woman there. Later at the tomb. He revealed himself to, to two men. Later on the Emmaus road. And he revealed himself to his disciples. And to others for 40 days. We remember the story. We remember the story of. Of Thomas. And how Jesus had appeared to his disciples. But Thomas wasn't there. Jesus had. Had encouraged them. But Thomas wasn't there. And then eight days later, Thomas shows up. And they're going on about their time spent with Jesus. And they're sharing with Thomas how he missed the presence and the power and the peace of being with Jesus. But Thomas refused to accept their words. He went on to say that until he puts his hand upon the nail-scarred hands of Jesus, until he places his hand into his pierced side, he would not believe. And then out of nowhere, Jesus appears and he reveals himself by allowing Thomas to place his hands in his nail scarred hands and, and put his hands in his pierced side. And Thomas believed. Just as Jesus revealed the truth to his disciples and they were stirred with hope, just as he revealed the truth of his teaching and preaching. Of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It stirred the listeners in the temple. When Jesus reveals the truth of himself to us. When he reveals the the truth of who he is. And we repent of our sins. And we call out to him to be our Lord and Savior. We're stirred with hope. And it's a hope that stirs us to share with others. When truth is revealed and we receive it. We have a hope that this world can't give. And this world can't take away. But this passage not only tells us of a hope revealed, it tells us of a truth revealed. It tells us of truth that's rejected. Now, while many of us have received the truth of Jesus Christ and have repented of our sins and received him as our Lord and Savior, many still continue to reject the truth of Jesus Christ. While there were some in the temple who hung on every word that Jesus had to say, there were others who closed their ears to the gospel. The religious leaders were, were listening to Jesus, but they were not seeking God outside of their own thoughts of religion. We see that right there in the first verse. where Here it says, and it happened on one of those days. As he taught, it, taught the people in the temple and he preached the gospel that the chief priests, the scribes, together with the elders, confronted him. Here, these religious leaders were refusing to hear the truth. They weren't, as a matter of fact, they wasn't at all interested in discovering the truth. Instead, they only wanted things to be the way they had always been. These leaders were interested in discrediting Jesus before the people because they wanted the people's loyalty all to themselves. The truth did not matter. So they said to Jesus, tell us by what authority... Are you doing these things or, what, or who is he who, who gave you the authority to do these things? Well, my question is, what are these things? And if we remember, we can go back and we see prior to this, there was a triumphal march by Jesus into the city of Jerusalem where people were hurling him as he was their king. Not only that, but he cleared the temple of money changers. He, he declared that the temple was my house. And my house would be a house of prayer. In Matthew's gospel, 21 and 14, it teaches us that he healed the blind and the lame. And then they ask, by what authority are you doing these things? In other words, it sounds like they're saying, who do you think you are? Uh, I, I remember when I was in college, I was coaching Little League Baseball. And our team placed second in the league that year, but we won the, the, uh, turn, the season or the league tournament. And as we won that tournament, I was made one of the coaches for the all-star teams. And we had a great all-star team. And our all-star, All-Star team won the district championship. And we went on to Bessemer City to play in the, in the state championship. When we got the best of Mercedes, we saw 11 12-year-old boys who looked like grown men, and our guys were very intimidated by this. But what's, and if I remember correctly, we lost our first two games. But what stuck out to me wasn't those losses. What stuck out to me was that the way I yelled at these kids in frustration, you see, I saw their potential. I knew what they were able to do, but when they saw the size of these guys, they were just intimidated. And it felt like they were beaten before we ever got on the field. And in my frustration, I would yell at them. I I coached them the way I was coached. But after the game, I looked in their faces and I saw hurt. And I apologized to them. Let them know just how proud I was of their efforts. And that they made the town proud. And then out of nowhere, I was jumped by a parent of a kid that had played for me for two seasons. She was hot. And at that time, it didn't matter what I just finished saying to the kids. This mama screamed, who do you think you are? Now, she added a lot more with that. I won't go into that today. But I didn't respond. I just stood there and I took it. You see, the authority... To coach these kids was given to me by other coaches from our league, by Pembroke's town council, and by the parents who signed waivers for these kids to play. And while having this authority, it wasn't the right time for me to tell her who had given me the authority. This, she was an angry mother, and in the moment, no matter what I've said, it, wouldn't have, it would have been rejected. And I thank God, common sense prevailed that day. Because afterwards, we got along great, and her son played for me three more seasons. Here, Jesus doesn't respond the way the religious leaders want him to respond. Instead, he asked them a question about the baptism of John. Who was it from? Was it from heaven or was it from men? Jesus did not allow them to bait him. He knew their hearts. He knew their intentions. And their intentions had nothing to do with finding out the truth. Their intentions had everything to do with baiting him. So that he would say that he was God. Or that he was the son of God. And and they could stir the people to a riot. to where they would want to put hands on Jesus. And and that they would want to condemn him. So Jesus. He turned it on them. He didn't allow himself to be baited. Not because he was afraid of him, but because his hour had not come. And when we notice truth being revealed and we notice truth being rejected, what we notice is the tragic truth that is revealed. The tragic truth here in this text is that These religious leaders knew the answer to Jesus' question. They also knew that Jesus had trapped them. For if they had said out loud that they believed John was of God, then they would have had to believe John. Or they would have had the question, why didn't they believe John? Because it was John who declared when he saw Jesus from afar, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So if John was a messenger from God, then Jesus would be the true Messiah, the Son of God. It would also mean that the message of the kingdom of God, the message of hope for man through repentance would be true. And man could be saved from sin. Man could be saved from death. Man could be saved from an eternity in hell. The Bible says that they reasoned together. They discussed this among themselves, but they didn't care about the truth. They had made up minds and the truth itself could not change their minds. This meant that they were deliberately rejecting Jesus. Oh, how tragic it is to know the truth, but to refuse to acknowledge it. You know, there are many today in the same situation. You know the truth. You believe who Jesus is. You believe what he done. You believe he's coming back. But you still refuse to acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior. Well, I want to encourage you today that you don't have to be like these religious leaders, but acknowledge who Jesus is. Acknowledge what he's done. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and receive him as your Lord and Savior. And he will give you a hope for an eternity beyond this world. An eternity spent in the kingdom of God. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as one who's been called to preach the gospel, let me... Ask With all that's going on around us today with the coronavirus, could God be getting our attention to seek for more truth? Just stay with me, would you? Hurricanes Matthew and Florence, they hit recently and there was a great, powerful display of the church being the hands and feet of Jesus. Our churches were closed because some churches were flooded. Some were without power and some, their people had no power. But we didn't sit around and do nothing. Most, if not all, the churches in Robinson County found a way to help those who needed help. And God was glorified for it. Could it be that God has allowed this virus to take place? Not for us to disrespect decisions churches have made different from other churches, but for us to get out of our box and to take God out of the box that we've put him in and just see how big our God is. Could it could it be that God is showing us that that not assembling inside brick wood and mortal mortar shouldn't allow us to stop ministry? Could it be that God's trying to open our minds to all his resources? He's provided us so much so that we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the world can hear a message that would stir them to respond to the gospel and receive a hope that only Jesus can provide in the midst of a pandemic. You know, what would be tragic? What would be tragic is for the world to see that we, the church, are in such despair that the best we could do is to reject this opportunity to grow in the grace of our God. And to reveal the truth of the gospel to the lost and dying world. Family, I believe, though I may not always understand, I do believe, Romans 8 and 28, that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. I believe, Jeremiah 29 and 11, when he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So let's continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's allow his message to continue to stir hearts everywhere. And for you who don't have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, you can today. If you believe that Jesus is God's son, if you believe. That he come to this sin-cursed world. And he lived a sinless life. If you believe that he died for your sins. If you believe. That on the third day. That God raised him from the tomb. If you believe. That he's at the right hand of the father. Awaiting instructions to come back. And you're willing to acknowledge. Your understanding that you are a sinner. And you need a savior. And Jesus is the savior of the world. If you'll call out to him, he'll forgive you of your sins. And he'll save your soul. Would you today? If you're interested, I'd ask that you pray this prayer with me. God, we come before you. Understanding that your son is the Messiah. Your son is the Savior. We come to this world lived a sinless life and he died for my sins. God, I am a sinner and I need a savior. So I'm asking, will you forgive me of my sins and I receive Jesus as my savior. Thank you, God, for saving me. Now help me to live in this new life according to your will and your way. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. If you prayed this prayer. And you believe it with all your heart. I believe you've done enough. To be a Christian. I'm asking now. Do you believe it? And if you do. Give us a call. You can call here at Reedy Branch Baptist Church. And just share. If no one answers. Just leave a message on the phone. At 910-628-9117. Or if you know me. Feel free to give me a call just to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that the truth has been revealed to you. I pray God blesses each one of you.